welcome to Road Rash Radio. I'm your host, Ninja XD, and joining us today is Brooke Carlson or Throttle Therapy 7 on Instagram. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. So, what do you want to talk about first? Um, today, we are going to go over a sick, nasty two wheeled vehicle by the name of the Kawasaki H2. Woo! We're going to talk about that and uh, compare the cost of it and some of the specs with the Kawasaki ZX14R and the Kawasaki H2R, which is different than the H2. And just in general, before we do the raw segment, I just want to talk a little bit about these three bikes and what Kawasaki in general, I, I feel like what, uh, what, what I feel like Kawasaki has been trying to do in the last little while in the, in the motorcycle industry. Because it's pretty, it's pretty cool, actually. They're pulling off successfully, especially with this Kawasaki H2R, what a lot of other Japanese bikes have been trying to do for the last while, which is on the track and on the road, make bikes that have a lower price point than the European imports, like Triumph and Ducati and BMW and make them for the lower price point equally good performance and on certain models they're actually successfully beating these other more expensive bikes now not to say that triumph and ducati don't get really good style points but a bunch of kawasaki's lately there's like there's a couple of them in their classes that have really been killing it lately right and we're talking about this it's a little bit more from you know the street bike angle but we're not uh we're riding on the road you know but still a lot of these a lot of these models they're coming out with are beating the road versions of ducati and triumph and even though we're not track riders we can still do some uh you can still get some insight into kawasaki's mo here and the the marketing that they're trying to do and what they're trying to pull off within the industry the, okay uh, so which one which one's more expensive starting off all right, so right off the rip, guys, the H2R is by far the most expensive. It's 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 not even a comparison. Um, it's the highest horsepower bike, and quite a lot of horsepower it is. It's 300 horsepower and uh, a supercharged crotch rocket. So right there off the bat, you know it's going to have a lot of power, but this thing is literally 300 horsepower, which is insane. Which What's one is extra? It? This is not the H2. This is the H2R. Oh, okay. Okay. And the H2 is a wicked fast bike. That's a really fast bike, and it's uh, it's more like 200 horsepower. Now, I, I saw What's, that it's it's 200 horsepower. Uh, it tops out at 249 miles per hour, and it has 115 uh, pounds of torque. And What's I mean, insane about this? Like it, it, it's it's so um it's so sporty looking. Yeah, but it doesn't look like the VX fourteen R. It's not like a Hayabusa. It doesn't have this huge fat look to it. This thing is like a a short wheelbase and really sharp, clean lines on it. it it's really sporty looking. It doesn't look like a bus. How much does a Habusa weigh? Do you think? Like just guessing. Um, I would say somewhere around the 650 range, but that's just a guess. Yeah, me too. I, I have no idea. But the H2, I know they're heavier because, you know, it's, it's, 
the engine isn't a sport engine, you know, it's not the uh, yeah the inline. But the H two is four hundred and seventy six pounds, which is less than the five hundred. Ah, oh, that's insane. Yeah, and yeah, it's, that's it's pushing two hundred forty nine miles per hour. Uh, shuts off at two hundred. So, I mean, the thing that really blows my mind is it it has two hundred horsepower. And it has 115 pounds of torque still. Because normally, I mean, if one's higher, the other one's pretty low, especially for a track bike. I mean, that's more than most yeah. trucks have, or um, a mid-range yeah. truck. Yeah, so that's, uh, what What was the weight on that, you said? 476 pounds. Yeah, see, that's that's insane. The wet weight on the unrestricted Hayabusa is, is looking at uh, a little over, yeah, it's looking at almost 600 pounds. Now... More of my favorite. I'm not really a big fan of the uh, anything over the 1000s for the ZXs, but the ZX14, yeah, the ZX14, it weighs in at 600 pounds, and it can go 186 miles per hour before it shuts off. It has 190 horsepower, which is still a power horse, and it has yeah. 103 pounds of torque. So here, I think I think the comparison with the H2 and the H2R, and well, the, the H2R the and Hayabusa, the thing that's sweet about these is they they're super fast. These bikes are faster. The H2 and the H2R are faster than the Busa and the ZX14, and they aren't huge. They aren't these massive, fat-looking, bus-like bikes. These things look like a thousand cc a normal thousand cc super sport like an r1 or a zx 10r they don't have that big bubble looking cow on the front and they're not all fat <laughs> yeah like you know what i'm saying it doesn't no, i know look exactly like a, that's why like i don't like bus. the habooses is because it's like driving a bubble and i mean you have the bubble the cow piece the bubble front piece and then you have the bubble that you're riding on which is the whole engine compartment it's just yeah it's just not it just doesn't flow with the person. It, you just can't feel like you're one with the bike because it's like, I don't know. I, I agree. I, I think a lot of people here like that look, and, and it's unique and different looking. But I'm going to be honest, uh, all respect to my good buddy Hollywood that rides a ZX-14, which his is a wicked bike, and he's done a lot of cool stuff with the graphics and yeah. uh, very fast. But – the katanas, the Suzuki katanas. I don't like the katanas. Me and my girl used to always joke that if you saw a yellow Suzuki katana or a yellow Hayabusa, they look like bananas. We used to call them banana bikes. They, they look they like bananas, this, yeah. yeah. Now, and I think it's so thick because they have these sharp lines like a normal 1,000cc super sport, and they're yeah. not fat. But, dude, these things are smoking fast bikes. Well, I don't really want to go into the, the H2R because, I mean, uh, with a supercharger, that, that's awesome. In audience, ain't nobody in our audience dropping 50000 on no, a bike. No, I know. And, I mean, <laughs> a supercharger isn't something that a normal person is going to have. I mean, I agree. That's wicked, and it's a great idea. But price range, that's nothing that I or anyone I know is going to be getting anytime soon. But the H2 is more i don't i don't really know the the price of the h2 how, how much it's, is that it's half. It's right off the rip it's half you're looking at you're looking at in the in the in the low to mid twenty thousand dollar range you're looking at twenty five thousand for an h2 and what's interesting here is 
the ZX14 is is running um, it's running more in the 15 grand market if I remember right. Yeah. But Hollywood, check him out on YouTube. He's a moto vlogger, and his YouTube name is ZX14R Booza Killer. And he's definitely worth while we're talking about him. Definitely, I'm plugging him here. He's a he's good moto vlogger, and he's a good riding buddy. So check out some of his videos while you're at it on YouTube. With the with the money that he's put into it, he's got a Brox exhaust on it. He's got all of this tuning done to it. He's uh. He's got a ton of work that he's put into it. Uh, he's looking at um, twenty. I think last time we were talking about it, he said he's got about twenty-three or twenty-four thousand in uh, his ZX14R, and the Z the uh, H2R could beat his. And uh, that's that in and of itself is cool. But the biggest thing to me is the handling difference. It has that's all the what speed. I was going with. Yeah. But dude, this thing is out handling the it's it's see, it's out handling every every ZX fourteen R or Hayabusa by a long shot. Well Those see, are that's big, my problem. Besides the fact that it looks I don't want to say it looks terrible because I don't want to like offend anybody that has yeah. one that, you know, may be in in our group or whatever. But honestly, my personal opinion, I I think they look horrible. And, they but, don't look like they don't look like what I picture a sport bike. Exactly. And, well, the thing is, I, and I'm not hating, but even if it looked like a normal bike, my main problem with it, yeah, it's fast. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and try to act like it's not fast. No, it's fast, but it's fast. Yep. Okay. First of all, there's two ways to judge something. It's the rider and then the bike. What the rider uses, right? I mean, I've right. seen people beat uh, 600s with a 250 because they know how to ride them on a back road. It right. it's, depends on the rider. But in general, you're not going to find a Habusa destroying a 600 on a back road, especially not a West Virginia back road, because there's no way to use that much throttle. No, not a chance. And and I uh, and it's I so like heavy, the, um... too. The other thing, man, is it doesn't. This is something that's a little bit counterintuitive, and it was. It's not. Uh, not something that pops into your head right away. But the foot pegs on the ZX14, yeah, and the Hayabusa are lower, and and they uh, you can't drop them down oh. even with weight. You know, there's a lot of people that you know that think of the weight because it is there. The flick from side to side is definitely yeah. not as fast with that extra weight. But dude, the foot pegs on the ZX14 are the same height as they were on that old Ninja 500. They are not far off of the ground, man. You cannot be dropping this thing over hard in so, turns. Okay, so the guy you know, the guy you know, does he have a problem with, I don't want to say problem, but is that something that he deals with is the foot pegs scraping the ground? Uh, two two good buddies, one with an unrestricted Hayabusa, which is a super clean bike, and my buddy Hollywood with ZX14R, which is also super nice. They I've ridden with both Smitty with the Hayabusa and Hollywood with the ZX14, yeah. and neither of them can get down in turns the same way as even a, a leader bike can due to how low their foot pegs are. Huh. No. So it's definitely relevant. You can't. You just can't drop it over. You can't drop it over past a certain point, even hanging off. And honestly, in a turn that's even medium hard, you're close, man. I mean, you're talking like I've been riding behind these dudes, 
and they're not really even on a hard lean and they're looking at a half inch of clearance between the bottom of their peg and the ground. It's definitely as cool as they are for a straight line. When I think sport bike, I want as fast as I can get without sacrificing handling. If I have to sacrifice handling, I'm not interested because they're about handling. They're about hitting the turns hard. I mean, nothing scarier than hitting a turn. I was was impressed. Uh, Hollywood, um, Hollywood gets more handling out of the ZX14 than I thought he would. So credit where it's due. They can, a good rider can get more out of those things than I thought possible, but it's no comparison to anything 1,000 cc's to 600 cc's. Or if you really want that kind of speed and the handling for 25 grand, which isn't that far off the ZX14, you're looking at this H2 here, which is no bigger than a leader bike, and the handling is incredible on it. If you look at the specs, man, this thing is beating everything on the track and on the road. It's it's really it's really impressive. I and know you uh, you I can know. speak on Cowies. We've both had experience, but you've had a lot of experience with Cowies. One hundred percent. I know you know that I'm a huge Kawasaki fanatic. Uh, I started out on Kawasaki's. I'm more of a Yamaha uh, dirt bike kind of guy. But I mean Kawasaki all the way. Um, really, Especially when it comes one thing to I don't street, like about right? It. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, street bikes, Kawasaki all the way. And what I was talking about was, you don't really realize how much of a difference foot pegs, like foot foot peg placement, is until you're out on a turn road and then you're dragging. You don't realize it, but you're dragging your foot peg, and then something catches it. You feel the grace of God there for a second. Not necessarily that you go down, but because I remember before I even thought of something like that, me and, you know, Turtle. Me and Turtle yeah. was driving, and he's a, a biker guy, like a, a Parley, biker, yeah. biker yeah. gang guy. Yeah, he's got that uh, 1200, the same one that my dad has, and his exhaust comes down out of one side. It goes along the bottom of the bike. Well, whenever we would take turns, I mean, he would be right there with me until we started taking turns, and he would literally scrape the bottom of that uh, stainless, uh, what, what would it, stainless Chrome chrome. chrome. Yeah, and I mean, it would be, which he wouldn't give a fuck, dude. He would be like, uh, I don't care, you know, blah, 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 and yeah. he ended up, you know, powder coating it anyway. Yeah, I remember if he would ever be ahead of me, I would have to get off to his left side because that right side, he would be shooting sparks, and I was like, man. I really didn't even think about something like that. Right. With um, with a lot of this, man, I bet there's going to be a lot of listeners that ride that are like, man, you're a dumbass because everybody knows if you've ridden much and you've caught a peg, they hinge. They flip up when you catch them. And I've had that experience like I'm sure, sure. we all have had a million sure. times. But I, I have one story when it comes down to – a hard turn where you're hanging off and you're the side on the inside of the turn that you're hanging off of, that is where your weight is. And you're hanging your whole body pushing on that peg really hard with the ball of your foot. And I, I wrecked one time on the 500, which had lower pegs, like the, the same height as the ZX14R. And it didn't kick up on the hinge wouldn't let it flip because I had too much weight on it. And I actually lifted the back tire clear of the asphalt and wound up dumping the thing because I had so much weight on the peg that when I caught it, it took weight off of the rear tire and it dumped me. Before, and I, I got unlucky because I hit the power band right at the same time. And as that lift of the weight coming off the tire and yeah. hitting the power band, that, that helped kick it out too. 
but it definitely matters when you're when you're hanging off because you're you're putting more weight on that peg there's two reasons that the foot peg won't go up it's either one you're leaning it down so far at an angle that it can't go up that it's literally wedged between your bike because it only goes up in one angle and if you lean it right. down any further and it's not already up it's staying down or like yeah. you said if your foot's on it and you got pressure on the actual foot peg yeah and some people i'm sure are like you know they they've caught pegs and they haven't hung off that far yeah. but when you're i've i've the mountain that i had that wreck on i regularly drug knee with track pants on on that mountain and when you're actually leaning off that much you have all of your, almost all of your body weight on that inside foot peg. Yeah, so it's not flipping up. No, it definitely is not. And and when you're on the balls of your foot and you're you're twisting your foot, you're usually your foot is on the outside edge of that foot peg. So you have even more downward leverage to hold that thing down. And it there's it did not flip. I mean, I I had the thing dump right out from under me, just on catching that peg really hard. I think that one thing that's really cool that Cowie is doing here with these things is uh, I, I'm a huge Honda fan, and I right now I have a Gixxer 750 and uh, I, CBR before this, and those things are, are great performing bikes. The Hondas are all slower, and they don't blow up. The Cowies all run hot, man. If you get a Kawasaki 600 like the, like the ZX6R or the 636, those things, uh, the 636 is a bad example because it's factory bored out, obviously. But if you if you look at the ZX6R, the Kawasaki ZX6R is running off out of the factory a, a little bit hotter than the Honda 600. And Kawasaki on all their street bikes, not talking the track because I don't know it as well, much. Wait, 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 wait. The, the ZX6R is the 636 and the RR is just the 6. Okay, the 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 six hundred, the Kawasaki six hundred, not yeah. the six thirty six. Right, they're running faster from the factory than the Honda six hundred. And I think the trend that I see here is Kawasaki is getting. If you look at where a lot of the Kawasaki's redline versus the other stuff, a lot of them you're getting a little more, you're getting a little bit higher redline out of the Kawasaki's, and I I think that that's. That's got to be part of where their extra power is coming from. But you're you're looking at a Honda, and that's on the the Suzuki. It's showing up a little bit less with what Kawasaki's doing is Hondas are bulletproof, and everyone knows they're reliable. But Kawasaki is really getting exceptionally good performance out of their bikes compared to other brands that have the exact same CC size. And I think that's sweet because they're they're finally starting to break this trend for a long time. It was like, if you wanted the absolute best performing bike on the market and you had no price limit, you were getting the Triumph or you were getting the Ducati because the, the Italian reputation there. Oh got, yeah. 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 I mean, they're, they're starting to actually change the game a little bit. If you want the top of the line bike, you always get Kawasaki's, but it's not the cheapest. It's usually the most expensive without going into the Italian companies. Or the Japanese bikes, yeah. Right. And what's crazy now is back in the day, it was always like, yeah, you know, best value. It's not just best value now. If you look at stuff like the H2, it's actually outperforming the Triumphs and the Ducatis too, and it's doing it for literally half the price. 
Like it's it's so it's so cool what Kawasaki's doing here. You know, they're actually kind of uh, they're uh, they're doing something that makes me feel like you know they're it's worth it's worth supporting them just because it's so cool what they're doing. You know, the uh, the H two R isn't something that anybody in our circle is going to be buying, but the H two R if you want the absolute fastest and best handling sport bike on the market right now, it's it's literally at the top. There's nothing that is beating this bike, and it's so cool for a Japanese company to hold that title over European and Italian companies. So the uh, just, I think it's really, I think it's worth supporting. I think what's going on with them lately has been really cool. What the their what the trend there with them is, and I think it seems like if if you want to talk about like car companies, kind of as a comparison, uh, Ferraris and whatever. But nobody really has that around here. Mostly what you're racing right. is either Challengers, Camaros, or Mustangs. And that's kind right. of like the, the bike the bike situation. Well, now it's like just a random. Uh, it's like saying the, uh, I don't know, the Challenger. You know, they made the Hellcat Challenger. Yes, yeah, Hellcat. it's perfect. And the, the Hellcat is like saying the same stats or better than the Ferrari. It's like something yeah. that, I mean, yeah, it, the price is a little bit higher. But it's still something that it, it's breaking a trend. It's, it's breaking a trend for you to that's been get there for a long time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's cool. I really think it's worth. Uh, I think, man, Japanese engineering for a century has had has had this mo where they get a design from someone else and then they improve it and they figure out how to make the exact same thing somebody else is for half the price and it's just as good or better. And that's. Oh yeah, yeah. That's really actually they're really good at doing that it's it's cool because um I, you know i know this is probably for a lot of people old news here yeah yeah h2r it's a hot bike blah 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 but i don't know why it just struck me today when i was reading some articles and thinking about the podcast that it's it's kind of a trend here lately with kawasaki sort of sort of making a change in the game a little bit with their technology and that was really it's just a cool it's a cool point of interest to me that i was running across all right, let's go ahead and get to the the riding adventure of the week. In our first episode, we referenced the Volkswagen Golf wreck that led to me getting the first uh, sport bike that I did. Yeah. And I think partially because it's a great story, and partially because we already referenced it in the first episode. But let's uh let's just do a little throwback and uh, discuss the Volkswagen Golf story. All right. It it started out with a pretty normal evening. We were working on your – it was the uh, 350Z back then, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was the 350Z and the Golf, and I – I just got it too. Yeah, I had just upgraded – and gotten the golf, and we always upgrade at the same time. It seems like now the and golf, you had just the golf was a in. turbo diesel, five speed. It was a five speed turbo diesel, which no one I know what everybody's thinking. Like you dumbass, what were you doing trying to street race a turbo diesel? But just, just <laughs> keep in mind, you guys, if you are not from West Virginia, you just aren't gonna get it. All right, Rook, you there's, kept up. There's, you kept up. <laughs> Well, what you lacked for in uh, acceleration, you picked up in the uh, suspension for that thing in the turns. It was it was they have ridiculous. A great suspension that that Volkswagen suspension on those little hatchbacks, man, they are something else. They're sweet. The golfs are really something cool. And on top of that, being a West Virginia boy, 
even if it's my car, it's really cool to be able to roll coal on somebody in a hatchback. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that that is a contributing factor. <laughs> but all that was short lived, and we we at the end of this story wound up uh, upgrading to much quicker machines with the motorcycles. But so let's get to how we went out after we went out after washing the cars and working on them some, and when I bought the golf the airbags were disconnected because there was a plug that goes to one of the seat belts yeah and when you unplugged it none of the airbags worked well i had ordered that part and it had just come in that evening but we'd been working on detail in the cars and we were fed up and we were like listen we were going to put this thing on it looks easy it's, it looks like it's plug and play but we're going to go grab some food before we throw the thing on and i was like cool and we throw the thing on the floorboards of the car and go out to eat yeah so this thing is this close to being put on the car and then we held off and we're on our way back and you you chime in here if i have any of these details wrong but we're we're normal our normal setup is we ran we ran around the city we had two-way radios in our cars right yep we could go back and forth and you know, it's it's a normal evening. We're not just working on the stuff. We're trying to have some fun, you know. So after we eat, we start tearing around the city and doing some laps downtown. And before we went, the area where we ate at, there's a place where all the tuners would run. There was a there was a parking lot in front of this Lowe's where all the tuner people would gather, and a bunch of people ran their cars in the back of the Lowe's, like behind where the normal store entrance is. And there were all these 90-degree corners back there on the back of the building. And there was pallets of lumber and this, that, and the other. But there was these cool 90-degree corners, and they were hard turns. You couldn't go that fast, but it was a fun little route because you went the entire way behind the shopping center, yeah. turn by turn by turn. So we're going through there, and we take off, hit, the, uh, hit behind the shopping center, and start running through this route. Well, for once in my life, <laughs> I happen to be in the lead, and I'm like, man, I, I don't have the acceleration, <laughs> but I'm going to try to hang on to this lead and not let this dude pass me back. So you're right behind me in the 350Z, and uh, I remember clear as day, I was I was like, you know what, the, three, the Z definitely has a little better handling than the golf like there's no question but i have a little bit of a lead on him and if i can just straighten some of these turns out and just just go balls out on this thing i can probably get to the end of it without you getting a pass on me so i start tearing through this thing man and these are legit 90 degree corners that we're going around and it's tight like it is not something that you can be doing 50 on no matter what vehicle you're in and I had this thing pushed absolutely as far as I could. I mean, I was right there losing control because I remember I was in third gear, and third gear for back there, I mean, dude, that is pushing it. I, I would say you'll probably agree with me. In the Z, it wasn't very often back there that you get out. Of I wouldn't get out of second gear. Yeah, there. I was I was right behind yeah. you in second gear, like mid RPM range, dude. <laughs> well, I banged third, and I'm sitting there just 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 straightening these turns out as much as I possibly can. I mean, I'm I'm going around a left-hand curve in the far left lane on <laughs> the wrong what there were road lines, the wrong side of the road. I mean, I'm hugging the corner and then going straight back to the right side on the right-handed turns. I'm just 
I'm just straight and everything out going right down the center. And I'm counting on there not being anyone there because normally everyone would run that for the most part the same direction. And the only people back there are tuner dudes and they kind of know what's up, you know. So I'm running this thing and and on top of it, I'm also just I'm also just rolling the dice because I'm trying to have you not get the pass on. <laughs> so I'm going balls out in this stupid thing like an idiot. And I had just broken up with with uh, his girlfriend that day, and uh, I was not in the in the clearest frame of mind. Which, if you're if you're under thirty and you don't have all of your relationship stuff figured out, take some advice from me and don't go street racing the day you break <laughs> up with your girlfriend. Because it might lead to a much worse day than you already have. <laughs> So I freaking I'm going through this thing and I come around a left-hand corner right probably two turns after I bang third gear and I'm doing about 40 and I come around the corner and there's a vehicle like 15 feet in front of me now it's right a, in front now it's a shit what was it, a Chevy Cruze is that what it was it was it was an it was a Aveo. Uh, yeah, it was an Aveo. Aveo. That's what it was. It yep. was a Chevy Aveo, which yep. is not even as good as the Cruise. It's probably the most pop can, shittily made piece of. It's an economy Chevy car. Green. Yeah, it is. It's the economy car of economy cars. Yeah. I mean, this thing is made out of like this thing is made out of like freaking Coke cans. Okay, like I'm just gonna say right now, I'm a Chevy guy. And that was the Chevy shit right there. Like that whole vehicle was Chevy shit, one hundred percent. It was shittier than the Cobalt. The oh, Chevy absolutely. Cobalt is literally a version of that car. Yeah. So I come around this corner and I'm like, "Damn it! I'm finally gonna get you, you motherfucker!" Like I've finally got your ass, yeah. and we're almost at the end of this run. Like we're almost to the end, and I'm like, after that, I'll stop. Because after that, I'll have gotten, you know, I'll have gotten the best of you to the end of the run. I'm looking right down the freaking grill of this stupid little red Chevy Aveo, not 15 feet in front of me. And I've got this stack of lumber on my left side. And that was the right, the right corner, the right angle corner that I had just come out of was made. Uh, it was made up out of these, these massive lumber stacks. Yeah. So I have nowhere to go. I'm on the far wrong side of the road in the left side of the road and I have I've got like 5 feet in between my left mirror and this massive pile of lumber. So I I am slamming the brakes on, push the clutch and slam the brakes as fast as I can. There's no time to downshift. There literally is not even enough time to 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 bang it down. This was in your double downshift. clutching days. Dude I go as close to this lumber stack as I can. I am I am probably an inch from hitting my my driver's side mirror on this lumber stack. And I'm yeah. like, if if whoever this is will just do the same thing, go in the other direction. This is all going through my head. Anyone on here that's ever wrecked knows how this is. I'm literally looking at this thing and thinking probably 20 different thoughts before I ever hit the car. It's in slow motion. And, I am I am looking at my my headlights yeah. shining through the windshield and I see this massive chick with her arms <laughs> locked placed against her driver's seat. You're looking at her in her, her eyes. Her, her eyes are yeah. are the size of yep. saucers and her mouth is open and she has her brakes locked up and she's just going in a straight line directly <laughs> at me with her arms locked 
pushed all the way into the back of her seat. There, there was not even two inches the the of turning that that Chevy Aveo did. If she had turned straight line, slightly, she, she could have missed line. me entirely. Yep, she completely locked up. So I go over as close as I can to the lumber stack, and it is there is just no doing. I probably got the car slowed down to thirty before. I mean, just bam, dead on. Head on, she's probably going 25 and just head on collision. Complete dead stop. And the corner of my golf is what I, I, where I turned, I slightly got my car angled. And so she plowed the center of her front car, uh, the center of her car straight into the corner of the golf, which has this metal bumper that wraps the entire way around underneath the plastic. Yeah. It's like this freaking typical German engineering. It's like this freaking bull bar underneath the plastic that wraps all the way around the engine. The Z had the same thing, you it, know, yeah, any more expensive car has one. The Aveo has nothing. The Aveo literally has no metal under that plastic in between the engine and it. And I sunk that golf so deep into the thing. <laughs> One of the cops said later that I, it cracked her oil pan. It went so far into the engine block, it cracked her oil pan. Well, I remember you hit that thing so hard that the uh, the side of your car that didn't hit it, it popped the headlight out. Yeah, <laughs> it just literally from the impact alone without actually hitting anything, just the instant stop, just the headlight flew out of my car just from the all the momentum coming to such an instant stop. It literally hit nothing, and one of the headlights just popped out and hung by the wires. All so right, from so, your angle, so, you were running by – what was your angle? All right, so this is what happened. We were going by PetSmart, and uh, I was in the lead. And then I'm just kind of, you know, doing my thing. I got, I'm in the whole, you know, zen state of mind. And then you just straight go ham, right? You pass me, and then you're, I hear that changing gear, dude. I hear you throw down the clutch, and I'm like, third gear, all right, here he goes. So I'm kind of hanging back behind you, and you hit that turn hard. And then uh, there you go next to them pallet. The, it was a, uh, what was that? Lumber stack. Well, it was before, a big stack of lumber. No, before the lumber stack, there was a big pile of uh, pallets, and then it went to the oh, lumber stack. Oh, on the first turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, you know, you do that, whatever, and then you go next to the pallet jack, and or uh, you go next to the lumber uh, stack, and I'm just making that turn, and all of a sudden, I pass the turn, and there's smoke everywhere. And I'm like, oh, no. I thought you hit the pallets. And I was like, oh, he hit that, man, everything's messed up. And then I see a red uh, a Chevy Aveo, like, part of it. And I'm like, no, because, <laughs> like, through the dust, or through the, uh, through the, uh, the steam and everything, and I'm like, oh, no. So I pull up beside of you, and uh, I jump out of the car, and I'm like, Brooke, you all right, you know, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, I'm good, whatever. And then this, this woman gets out, and come to find out she's pregnant <laughs> and huge, like it's, uh, I don't know. Uh, I went to school with her. She was she was a big woman, and I don't know if she knew she was like pregnant. I don't know how far she's probably like a month pregnant. I don't know, but she. So was we're not trying to. It sounds uh, worse than no. it is, guys, because we're not trying to make fun of hitting a pregnant lady. But this, honestly, this lady should not let's, have been back. Let's talk about the people that was in the back that was half her age, the emo uh, guys with the face piercings, the hard ones. All right, probably so weighed, wait, 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 wait. They, they both probably weighed 150 pounds together soaking wet. 
All right, good. <laughs> Literally combined. Yeah. So this dude goes flying. He's sitting in the back seat, and he goes flying into the seat in front of him, and he has a mouthful of lip piercings. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely had a Monday on a Thursday. Goes straight <laughs> to the back of the seat and catches this mouthful of lip piercings up against it and goes from the equivalent of 60 miles an hour to a dead stop. He comes out just spitting blood everywhere. <laughs> and he's freaking out. It's like he doesn't realize it's because of the piercings. It's like he thinks he has, like, internal bleeding, and he's laying on the <laughs> pavement. And I'm like, bro, get up. You want to smoke or something? Like, because <laughs> you're yeah. fine. This, you're fine. This kid, is, this kid has <laughs> never been hurt in his life, or he's a pansy. He's Probably he's never had milking. a nosebleed. Yeah, yeah. Really milking it. So... We immediately can smell weed, and it turns out they're all rolling behind the warehouse and everything else because they're hot boxing, and they're riding around back there where the tuners normally are because they don't want to get spotted. Yeah. So the guy's like, he's whining and bitching about the whole thing, and he's got a bloody lip. That's literally all that's wrong with him. He's being all dramatic, and I'm like, all right, man, you good, you know, blah, blah, blah. They're all crying and freaking out. They're all fine. Everyone is walking around and talking. Everyone is good. The only obvious signs of damage on anyone involved is the one dude with the split lip from his lip here. <laughs> so in the mix, the guy mentions that they have weed in the car, and then the girl starts complaining that whatever happens, it's not going to go well because her license is revoked. And no, it's she not doesn't her- even have one, dude. That wasn't even, even her have, car. That was her dad's car. It and, was her dad's car, and she's got no L's. Yeah. And she's over here. Well, I guess the problem was she did have L's. <laughs> but she's, he, pulls out, he pulls out this bag of weed, and he's like, yo, man, can like, can we – what it, What was the deal? No, How so did that what go? happened was I was like, bro, I'm like, the cops are coming. You better do something with that or else you're going to be busted with it. And then he yeah. hit it behind the pallets. So we give these people, which we could have gotten out of the whole thing if we wanted to, if we didn't keep it 100 with them for no good reason and let them toss their stupid weed out. And uh, the cops show up, take everything down, blah, blah, blah. At the end, we wait, find wait, wait. out Something that... Something you need to mention is we were on private property, so that means nobody's at fault ever. Yep. At the end of all of this, we find out that there can't be a single ticket written for any of it because it's on private property. Yep. Because technically we were on the we were on the property of the shopping center. So all these cops, tow truck, ambulance, everything. No tickets out of the whole mess. <laughs> so we get the guy to drop it off at this spot nearby that I know about. And the next day I roll to pick the thing up and I'm like, man, this is gonna be problems, blah, blah, blah. No, dude, I looked, that was the same night. And the night. only thing... That was the same night. You dropped it off at the church, and you came back, it was. and it ran. It was leaking oil, but it ran. Dude, it wasn't even leaking oil. It was leaking coolant. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Jumped. So this golf just totaled an Aveo and went from a, a 25 and a 30 or 35 mile an hour, two cars hitting each other. That's like 60 miles an hour into a dead stop. I pour a gallon of water into the coolant system in this thing, start it up, and drive it. This thing is completely <laughs> good. Those little things are tanks, man. It is the toughest little car. And uh, it wound up – the insurance wound up totaling it, and I did a buyback on it and uh, wound up taking it to a body shop, re um, reworking the whole thing and respraying it. And I wound up driving the thing for a good while after that. 
Yeah, I remember and it was it, in the shop for a little bit, but you got the parts. It was it. in the shop. I mean, it was. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Volkswagen parts are expensive, and it was a bunch of work. I mean, it was a, it was a pain in the ass to put the thing back together. In hindsight, as much as I love that car, it really wasn't worth it for me to do it. I had already put so much money into it. I should have just let it go. As much as I liked it, but it all worked out in the end, and I did. Uh, I did get it. I did get it back on the road pretty quickly, and I wound up selling it to a guy later who cleaned this thing up. When I saw him a few months down the road, this car looked like it was it had come out of a showroom. I mean, he resprayed it again, clean paint job. He cleaned the entire thing up, and uh, the last time I saw the guy, he said he was almost at three hundred thousand on it and said it was running great. So those things are incredible, man. Like I, they, uh, they're hard to get worked on if you're in West Virginia, but if you're anywhere where you can actually get to a, a garage that works on farms, they're actually, uh, they're actually really good little cars. I was impressed. So, uh, I know we had some problems with it while you were getting it worked on. We had to work on it a couple more times and like the serpentine belt, but that's another story going down the mountain to, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hooked to the back of that's the truck. That's a great story, actually. <laughs> that is a that's, great that's story, yeah. Segment for down the road. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was definitely a uh, adventure uh, bringer. And that was in a roundabout way what led me to get in the bike because it was after that that I wound up being like, man, this was tens of thousands of dollars, and I need to get into a different game here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I guess that's where we're going to end it. Um, if you have anything you want to say before. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I figured we'd give you guys uh, just do a little bit of current events with the Kawasaki discussion there and just giving you a breakdown of that H2, H2R, and the ZX14 versus the Hayabusa and talk about those four bikes a little and give you some backstory on what we referenced in the first episode. But you can be sure to hear from us again next week. And uh, for the listeners, just so they don't forget, this is on SoundCloud and on uh, YouTube. And it's going to have more kind of video layout for YouTube. And I've had a problem trying to get it on iTunes. I'm in the process of doing it. It should be, probably these two will be put on uh, on iTunes on the same day. So just make sure that you review it on there and tell us what you want us to talk about or uh, where you live, uh, you know, uh, P.O. boxes, uh, social security numbers, whatever you want to do. You know, it's all good. Yeah. Credit card numbers, you name it. Hit us up on Instagram with the DMs with the credit card numbers. That Make sure you give us that three-digit security number on the back. With that being said, this is Throttle Therapy and Ninja XD signing out. Shit, dude, I fucked that up. You want to try it again? <laughs>